Welcome to Hidden Agenda. Come on in. Come on in. Happy Sunday, my Hidden Gems. I hope that you are doing fantastic on this beautiful, crisp Sunday. I hope the countenance of God's face is shining upon each and every one of you. And I pray that you had a super blessed week and whatever obstacles you encountered were met with authority and positivity. Um, Okay, we're not about to get all deep, gems, but I want you to know that Hidden Agenda did miss you guys over the weekend and we're just sprinkling some magic and some Sunday sunshine your way. Okay, so now that we got that out the way, what's up, my lovely gems? Let's wrap. I wanted to come in over the weekend, you guys. I was truly missing y'all so much and needed to discuss so many shenanigans with y'all. Like Paris Hilton's 11-11 wedding. She got married this weekend. This underhanded uh, Ahmad Aubrey trial, y'all. And then, of course, the Astro World updates and so much more. But I had to recover, you guys, and rest. I really needed it. Plus, I was able to catch up on some cook- on cooking some meals for my busy family yesterday, y'all. And I sent me some wine, y'all, and passed out. Um, but I needed that rest, honestly. Seriously, I needed the rest. Um, and then Friday, y'all, honestly, um, not only was I not feeling well physically with the sniffles and the coughing, but I needed a mental break as well. Um, the advice that I offer on Wisdom Wednesdays and the mantras and such need to be adhered by your girl as well. You know what I'm saying? So I have to try to make sure I get rest since I tell y'all to get rest. You know what I mean? So anyway, you guys, let's jump right into it. Um, so first of all, I want to say rest in power to American Idol's alum, Chris Daughtry and his family, his 25-year-old daughter, Hannah, was found dead in her Fentress County, Tennessee home suddenly on Friday, November the 12th. Police and the coroners have no immediate comment at this time as they still await autopsy results. Um, So keeping them in prayers. Um, Congrats to Paris Hilton and Carter Room. Paris has been having quite the celebrations over the weekend, rightfully so, right? Um, and tell me, Jims, will you have a big wedding or something intimate? You know, some people say they don't want to be feeding other people and getting them drunk, you know, on their dime for them to just be able to go home and then they're left with a huge bill. So I'm going to pose the question in the community forum and, um, and you can answer big or small. Um, okay, y'all. So Paris says Princess Grace Kelly was the inspiration for her Oscar de la Rente gown. They tied the knot on Thursday, which was November 11th, making it 11-11. Paris told Vogue, quote, 11-11 has always been my favorite time of day. She goes on to say, quote, it's my reminder to make a wish and be open to miracles. This date is special to Carter and I. It represents our love story, which both of us knew was meant to be, end quote. She also credits um, 11-11 for her newest business venture entitled 11-11 Media. So on Friday, she celebrated the nuptials in all pink at their carnival-themed celebration at the Santa Monica Pier on Friday in Los Angeles. She had on these pink ankle-length disco boots with a pink high-low tutu dress. On her Instagram, she wrote, quote, best wedding weekend ever, um, end quote, and she tagged her sister Nikki Hilton and her fashion journalist, um, fashion journalist Derek Glassberg, who were all there in attendance at the celebration on Friday. The groom coordinated with his bride, donning a navy tracksuit with a hot pink 
sweatshirt underneath. So, so that was different. That was cute. You know, they, they, they did their little, you know, thug dizzle. They, they had put their personal spin, um, you know, their personality, they included their personality in the celebration. So that's cute. Um, but then there was some gas station glam, uh, Paris Hilton's GGF Kim Kardashian was seen at the gas station in Malibu, California, still wearing her dress from the wedding. A source told E News, quote, Kim had a sweet pep talk with Paris and helped her with her dress, end quote. Paris sh- shared, quote, the exchanging of our vows and then our and then our I do's were definitely a dream. I finally became a wife to the most charming prince. It was the best day and night of my life. If I could do it all again, I would in a heartbeat. I was incredibly happy being surrounded by so many loved ones and for everyone to be catching up and letting loose and celebrating, end quote. So I think that's really awesome, you guys. It's good to see people are still living life, you know, and enjoying life, Um, you know, even after all with the COVID and the, the new variants and all this kind of stuff going on. It seems like, you know, we are... Um, we are conquering this thing slowly, but surely, you know, thanks to the vaccine. So, um, you know, I'm glad to see, you know, people are still creating milestones and memories. Um, so, you know, I mean, we do have to still be precautionary, but anyway, you guys, so, you know, I have to keep you updated on the Astro world fiasco. I wanted to start off light though, before we got into the heavy stuff. So as I'm sure, you know, a knife victim was confirmed 22 year old, um, college student who attended Texas A&M University, Barty Shahani. According to her family's attorney, James Lasseter, she died on Wednesday, according to CNN. This video is from CNN. And here we go. In our national lead, a ninth victim, ninth has died of injury she suffered when the crowd rushed the stage at the Travis Scott concert in Houston last Friday. Let's go to CNN's Rosa Flores, live for us in Houston. And this 22-year-old woman, Rosa, she had been on a respirator? She's been fighting for her life, Jake. Her name is Barty Shahani, as you mentioned, 22 years of age. She was a student at Texas A&M University, and that day she was at the concert with her sister and her cousin. Now her family is devastated, her mom saying that she was selfless. She thought about everyone else before herself. Take a listen. What happened to What happened to my blessing, though? I, I want my baby back, you know? I won't be able to live without them. It's, it's like, it's impossible. You know what I'm saying? I'm empty here. Her cousin, who was at the concert as well, blames producers, the venue, organizers. It's just awful. Um, And Rosa, the investigation has turned into something of an exercise in finger pointing about who should have been in charge of security uh, and, and crowd control. You know, let me paint the picture like this, Jake. So the Houston Police Department is the lead criminal investigation 
agency. The Houston, uh, excuse me, the Harris County judge is asking for an independent investigation. She's working to do that. Travis Scott's attorney is saying that all of these officials are just finger pointing and sending inconsistent messaging. The police chief here in Houston saying that it's actually the production and entertainment teams who actually have the power to stop the show. But Jake, the police chief also said that there were more than 500 police officers that were at this venue, which begs the question, if you have all of these police officers there, did one of them think to perhaps raise this alert, the level outside of that production staff for safety reasons? That's the question that I asked the police chief yesterday during a press conference, and he said that he, he, he doesn't have an answer to that, he's not going there, but it raises serious questions, Jake, because HPD is the investigating agency, and so does this mean that HPD is investigating itself? Most likely so, which at the end of the day, you wonder why perhaps the Harris County judge is asking for an independent investigation. That's probably why too, Jake. All right, you guys. So there you have it. So there's an independent investigation being requested by the judge. So... I I just, I really, really, really felt that mother's pain. I just cannot imagine. I just cannot imagine as a mother losing my child. um, And there's nothing you can do. I mean, this lady was begging for her baby to come back. And we know that that's not going to happen. The Houston police chief, Choi Fenner, is claiming they visited Travis Scott in his trailer before the concert started to warn him about crowd size. Chief Samuel Pena says Scott could have paused the show until the chaos died down. A, 27, uh, a 2017 police report obtained by DailyMail.com details Scott's arrest after a rowdy concert in Roger, Arkansas. Um, and an officer says he carried out an unconscious female <clears throat> who had convulsions. People do do drugs, though, at concerts, too. So let's not forget that, right? However, an officer says Scott was caught on video telling people to rush the stage, but he denied doing so when confronted by officers, according to the police. The concert and arrest were shown in Scott's 2019 Netflix documentary. On top of all of that, a video was now resurfacing from 2015 at a Switzerland concert where the sicko mode rapper is yelling, quote, get the motherfucker, get him, end quote, while pointing at someone for trying to steal his Yeezys off his feet when he did a crowd surf. According to Daily Mail, though, he also yelled, quote, let's go, come over, I want chaos, end quote. And that was also in 2015. Kylie Jenner's baby daddy previously pled guilty twice to disorderly and reckless uh, conduct charges. So hopefully, you guys, that is the end of the pronounced deaths. Um, As far as the nine-year-old, he is still fighting for his life. Um... As as far as I know, you know, so hopefully this is the end. I hope that the nine-year-old will make it and everyone else, all the other victims, you know, will make it um, and fight through this and be able to get through this. Um, You know, like CNN stated, you know, there is a lot of finger pointing. If there were 500 police, definitely there should have been some kind of raised alert at that point. 500? So who are we going to blame? You know what I mean? And then you have the venues that you can blame as well. And of course you have Travis Scott. But, um, you know, this story is still, still developing and they're still doing this, you know, they're, they're doing this investigation. So I guess we will see, you know, what, what comes of that. So on a lighter note, you guys, did Marcus Houston get married? 
Last year he did, um, you guys, in August of 2020. So he just celebrated a one-year anniversary over the summer. Um, So congrats to him. He married Maya Dickey, and they look like a very nice-looking couple together. She's 19, though, and he's 39. So he quoted, never before then did I even know she existed. Um, He goes on to say, the fact that she was listed on one of our films was a misprint or someone being messy. Anyone can post on IMDb, and there's no way someone that young could even work on a film set in the position of art director because that position requires years of experience, end quote. He noted that they, quoted didn't start dating until she was an adult, end quote. Marcus shared, quote, we fell in love and got engaged in March of 2019. My dad, Michael, loves her, and the people I'm closest to all love her as well. Most importantly, we have Jehovah's blessing, and that's the story. No twists, no turns, no scandals, just true love. There is nothing that can come to light because there is no darkness in my life. You wanted the truth. I don't have anything to hide. So if you're waiting for something else, you will be waiting forever, end quote. But that's still, you know, I mean, hey, she is of age, technically, right? Excuse me, you guys. She is technically of age, but I be damned. A 40-year-old man talking about he about to come marry my 19-year-old daughter. Not in this life. Anyway, you guys, let me know what you guys feel about that. Like, you know, was that kind of, kind of, you know, treading the thin line right there? Or do you think it's all good? Because, I mean, like, it really matters what we think, right? But just, you know, for combo's sake. Um, the Ahmad Arbery case, you guys, it becomes more and more cringingly evident, y'all, that, you know, we're still living in a one-sided government system. Here it is, it's 2021, and this attorney had the audacity to say in the Ahmad Arbery case, he quoted, no more black pastors should be in the courtroom, end quote. Sub- subsequently, due to Reverend Al Sharpton's mere presence in the courtroom, his defense was that black pastors could influence the jury. Keep in mind, the 12-person jury consists of all white people except for one black person, and it took them two weeks to compile this unbalanced jury uh, jury notice, jury duty notices were mailed to 1,000 people in Glen County, about one in every 85 adult residents in an attempt to secure an unbiased panel of 12 plus four alternates for the trial of Travis, uh, McMichael, his father, Greg, and their friend, William Roddy Bryan. Selection got underway on Monday morning amid a heavy police presence outside the County Superior Court in Brunswick, Southeastern Georgia. The McMichaels are accused of chasing down Aubrey, who was black, in a pickup truck as he went for a run in February 2020. Brian allegedly joined the chase and took cell phone footage of Travis McMichael shooting Aubrey, who was 25, with a, gun, with a shotgun at close range. And all three are denying murder. Um, so this may cause a national riot, you guys. This is just absurd. So I'm going to play the video. somehow there at the invitation of the victim's family in this case. And I have nothing personally against Mr. Sharpton. My concern is that it's one thing for the family to be present. It's another thing to ask for the lawyers to be present. But if we're going to start a precedent starting yesterday, we're going to bring high-profile members of the African-American community into the courtroom to sit with the family during the trial in the presence of the jury. I believe that's intimidating and it's
is an attempt to pressure, could be consciously or unconsciously an attempt to, to pressure or influence the jury. Obviously, there's only so many pastors they can have. And if their pastor's Al Sharpton right now, that's fine. But then that's it. We don't want any more black pastors coming in here. Or other, Jesse Jackson, whoever was in, was in here earlier this week, sitting with the victim's family, trying to influence a jury in this case. But I think the court can understand my concern uh, about bringing people in who really don't have any ties to this case other than political interests. Uh, and we want to keep politics out of this case. Well, I will tell you that I noticed him once and that was it. And the fact that nobody else even noticed that he was in here means that everybody complied with this court's rulings on sitting in this courtroom and listening to the evidence. I don't hear a motion, and I will tell you this, I'm not going to blanketly exclude members of the public from this courtroom. Well, thank you, Judge Wamsey. I mean, he literally, this man is so intimidating. We as black people, we intimidate people so much. Not everybody, but clearly this attorney is a perfect example of the intimidation just from our mere presence will cause. I mean, he literally had the audacity to say no more black pastors in the courtroom because Reverend Al Sharpton came and sat. When you got a whole white jury, except for one person, a whole white jury. Child, audacity is at an all-time high right now, I'm trying to tell you. So, so far, it's not looking good. Um, You know, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Let's move on, you guys, to the next segment, which is a sports segment. Um, The title of this segment, you guys, if I had the title of this sports segment, you guys, it would be O-M-freaking-G, okay? So, Corey Benjamin, he's a former 1998 Chicago Bulls guard who rocked the 28, number 28, playing for three seasons on the team. He also played for the Atlanta Hawks. But that's not the point of this insane story, y'all. Corey is in hot-ish because his daughter... Uh, through knockout punches at an opponent's head during a game. She also plays basketball too. So she took after her dad. She plays basketball. Um, she, she, she threw knockout punches at an opponent's head during a game in Southern California on Sunday. According to Yahoo, she came from behind and sucker punched 15 year old Lauren Ham during a tournament. Um, so maybe the title of this segment should be AA for anger management. I don't know. Cause and in no way am I making fun or light of anger issues because Lord knows I battle daily. So I understand sometimes wanting to punch a bitch, you know, but, uh, you know, you ever felt like that gems where you just wanted to ball your fists up and just go ham. Right. Like, I mean, anger, you know, we have to really deal with it. It's, it's, it's a real thing. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Um, but not during sports. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she really, really, really wanted to win. The girls were just playing the game. And she, I mean, y'all, Lauren Ham's mom, she alleges that Corey's daughter's mom put her up to this, you guys. Okay? Um, So her dad has apologized on her behalf. He quoted, as a father, I'm shocked and disappointed at my daughter's behavior as this is not a reflection of the values and standards that my family holds. He goes on to say, um... He goes on to say via a statement to the Associated Press, he says, 
quote, nor does it exemplify the values, character, and spirit of sportsmanship that the game of basketball requires, end quote. He continues, to the young lady who was punched by my daughter during a youth basketball game, I sincerely apologize to you and I am praying for your complete healing, both physically and emotionally. To her family, I deeply apologize and regret that this happened to your daughter as she did not deserve this to happen to her. Finally, I apologize to all of those who have been impacted and hurt by the actions of my daughter as well as those of her mother, end quote. So, may, you know, maybe the mother did tell her to do that, go around punching people. Yeah, she might do time. And I feel as though she should because you don't do that. So 15-year-old Lauren, she suffered a concussion after she was hit in the chin and throat. And there was another girl that she um, attacked like that on the on the court. I mean, she attacked her bad, you guys. Um, and I'll have it in the blog so you can see the video, you guys. Um, but according to her mom, Alice Ham, she hasn't been in school since the incident. Um, and she did file a police report and alleged that Benjamin's daughter was encouraged to hit Lauren by her mother. So she quote, uh, Alice Ham told ABC7, she quoted, I want the daughter and the mom held accountable because this type of behavior is, rep- is reprehensible and cannot happen in youth sports, end quote. So y'all, that is just, that's a, that is some shenanigans. You can give all the, the uh, apologies you want to, but somebody would have to pay. You mess with mine like that. I mean, that girl, she tore her up. She tore them two girls up. All right, you guys, we're going to get ready to wrap it up, you guys. I got to go get the kids to practice and such. Um, but remember, if you don't say aluminum full, I don't trust you. All right? Love you guys. Stay shining. Have a blessed week. And I'll be chatting with you soon. Bye.